gentle disclaimer to all of our listeners. All medical information mentioned in this podcast is purely informational. It is not individualized medical advice. Please follow up with your physician or medical practitioner for individualized care specific to your needs. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Know and Do Better podcast. My name is Dr. Melanie Carbonati. I am your host and I am very happy to have Dr. Dina Harris with us today to speak about sex after 70. Dr. Harris, thanks so much for being here. Before we get into the discussion, for those who do not know Dr. Harris, she is a board-certified gynecologist and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy specialist, currently concentrating her practice in chronic sexual, vulvar, and pelvic pain, as well as general adolescent and menopausal gynecology. She was a medical pioneer as the first OBGYN in the Soho area, and also one of the first female OBGYNs in private practice in New York City. She's currently a fellow of the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology and the International Society for the Study of Vulval Vaginal Disease for her original research on vulvodynia-related small fiber neuropathy. And also, she has been named one of the top doctors listed in New York by both New York Times Magazine and Super Doctors, as well as America's top doctors through Castle Connolly for over 10 years. So Dr. Harris, thanks so much again for joining me. I wanted to start off the conversation with just knowing what has your clinical experience been with patients 70 and over regarding sex and intimacy, and what are some of the common complaints that patients come in for? Hi, Melanie. It's great to be here. In answer to your question, a lot of women over 70 don't even bring up the issue of sex. Um, many of them have given up, mm -hmm. um, even if they're in regular relationships. And it's because of the difficulties that people encounter. Some major difficulties are, of course, the lack of libido on both parties. Uh -huh. And the other one is pain, either pain on penetration or pain on manipulation. So a lot of these things can be resolved. And, um, you know, if, if a couple wants to, they can come in and, and work these things through. But uh, as I said, a lot of times they just don't even bring it up. So I often ask, how's it going? And that, of course, opens up a can of worms. So I <laughs> have the time for that. It's wonderful that you're just opening up the conversation because that's really where it needs to start. What are the treatment options that you typically recommend for those different complaints that patients come in with, like libido and the pain? How do you address that? Well, you know, I'm a gynecologist, so I mostly deal, deal with women and not men. So I, I'm more versed in uh, women's issues. So I'm going to have to stick to that, although there of are course, course. Uh, doctors that do help men. Yes. Um, the main part is lack of libido in the couple. They're not even interested. A lot of times, you know, if they, they don't want to do anything about it, they're perfectly content in their situation. In th those cases, that's fine. But there are a group of women that really would like to get that resolved. And there's, of course, medications them to help with that and psychotherapy. But if it's painful, if sex is painful, that makes the lack of libido even more of an important issue. So after 70, of course, there's, if you're not on hormone replacement, you have very little libido. And one of the options is to go on hormone replacement, although if you haven't been on it by 70, often there's already issues of obesity, heart disease, diabetes, and those women might not be the best candidates for uh, hormone replacement mm -hmm. to just start out at age 70 and then with all the problems with hormones, have problems with heart disease 
tax stroke. Mm. So uh, that really has to be discussed with their OBGYN before they start that, make sure they're in good enough health to handle the, um, the hormones. On the other hand, um, there are other medications that help with libido. Some of them are just supplements that are being sold online, and which actually seem to help. DHEA is a derivative of testosterone. It's uh, not, I'm sorry, it's the opposite. Testosterone is a derivative of DHEA. And sometimes a supplement of that can raise libido a little bit. Doesn't seem to be terribly dangerous in terms of age 74. It is a hormone, but it's not estrogen. They can, of course, discuss this with their doctor as well, but like a low dosage, five milligrams might be something on a daily basis, might be give them a little bit of libido. Then, of course, there's uh, medications. Adi has been around for a while. It's a pill women take daily and probably has a 50 percent 50, 50 success rate. How do you say that the that, name of that one? A-D-D-Y-I. That's the brand name. It is a pill they can take on a daily basis. It, there was a big problem with lowering blood pressure if you drank alcohol. And for many years, you could take it, but you couldn't drink any alcohol. And then they recently came out and said, you can drink alcohol, but you can't drink it within two hours of taking the pill. So a slight restriction with alcohol with that, but it, now it's um, more reasonable. And of course, if you're going to have an evening where you're drinking all night, maybe that's not the best <laughs> thing to take, but it's a lot safer in terms of that than it used to be. But again, it's efficacy is it's about 50%. Not everybody does well with it, but there are some women that do and it's worth a try. And then there's a new injectable. And I know injectable sounds scary, but it's a tiny mm. pen that you put up against your skin and you just press the button. It doesn't hurt particularly. Mm. And that one is um, called Vilesi. V-Y-L-E-S-S-I. And uh, you take the shot and within uh, the next four to six hours, your libido goes up and it really works. Wow. wow. A really great drug for some people. For women, I don't know if it works on men. I don't know if it's been tested. It's something to talk to your doctor about. I don't know if insurances cover it that well, mm -hmm. but if you can afford it, or um, if you're interested in looking that up, you can also discuss that with your doctor. It works. It really does work. Um, mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be frightened that it's a little tiny shot. These days, these injectables are so easy to take. So they're worth it if um, you really feel like you need to take something for your libido. But the other option, of course, is marijuana, which um, does raise people's libido. So now that it's becoming more legalized, it might be uh, something you want to try if you're interested or if it doesn't bother you or you don't have terrible side effects from it, which some people do. So, and then of course, there's just a lot of women say, well, once I get started, I'm fine. So it's getting started mm -hmm. and make vision that you want that in your life and then doing it. You don't necessarily need to take a medication to do that. You could just schedule a time and something mm -hmm. romantic and then work on it. You know, so those are the, the starters, some way to get started. Right, um, right. Interestingly, the older women get, sometimes it's easier, mm. much older. You know, I have a bunch of women that come from nursing homes and uh, they're actually pretty sexually active there. I think it's because there's men there and women there and there's, you know, socialization that occurs in the nursing homes if they're still doing very well. Wow. We found that an interesting issue. Of course, there's issues of STDs that need to be talked about. I do sometimes have some of my patients get the HPV vaccine at an older age, especially if 
they've been um, monogamous with their husband for many, many years, and then they're widowed, and they've decided to join the dating scene. Mm-hmm. And now they, they don't realize it, but they haven't been vaccinated against HPV because the vaccine came out after they were yeah, long um, done. So something to think about. I know their OBGYNs are going to think they're nuts, but if they tell them, you know, I do have a couple mm-hmm. people that got HPV and that are having pro- real problems, just, so just to mention that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other um, issues, of course, are pain and some and lack of orgasm, difficulty orgasming. That's something that I actually, because I do a lot of vulvodynia work mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pelvic pain work, that's something that I actually do uh, specialize in. Mm-hmm. If somebody's had cancer, like breast cancer, unless they have um, an ongoing continued problem with the breast cancer, most most breast specialists and oncologists will allow them to use uh, very low dose um, estrogen tablets. Mm-hmm. One of them called uh, um, estradiol tablets is the generic and it's 10 micrograms, use it twice weekly. And for a lot of women, that's enough if they have mild issues. If a woman has had a couple vaginal birth, one or two or three vaginal births, and they've been previously stretched, then Vagifem usually can be enough, uh, or or the estradiol tablets can be enough to uh, help them with pain on penetration. And mm-hmm. of course, a good lubricant is very helpful. But if a woman has had only C-sections, no vaginal births, or no births at all. Sometimes they need more than just a little tiny bit. A lot of the problem with pain and penetration is um, the beginning aspect of it as they first are penetrated. So the area that's a problem, which is the opening as they first go in, is not always treated at that well by the um, estradiol tablets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, They do have some newer suppositories you just put in a little tiny bit, not all the way up high where, so it will get to that area. They can work a little bit better, but there's also estrogen creams. And sometimes I just have people take a small amount of estrogen cream and put it in the lower third of the vaginal canal and at the opening. And, but that I have to get clearance if somebody has breast cancer or endometrial cancer or ovarian cancer. we can um, use a very tiny amount so that it would mimic the 10 micrograms of estradiol tablets. Sometimes I tell people just don't put the estradiol tablets all the way to the top. Mm. Just, just put it in with your finger low, low down, because that's really where a lot of the problem is if people yeah. are you know, they also can have, they can try other things that are not estrogen. Uh, one of them is the DHEA intrarosa suppositories, which are not supposed to be a problem with breast cancer. I just don't understand why that would be the case when DHEA eventually converts to estrogen anyway. So I don't use that, but it is, there are some doctors that feel it's safer with mm-hmm. those and there's other products which are not estrogen, like hyaluronic acid, which actually for some women really works well. And of course, there's also um, physical therapy, which you yes. would probably be able to dress even better. And that can really help with a little bit of lidocaine cream, which is an mm-hmm. anesthetic cream mm-hmm. and good, a good physical therapist that helps you not just your own. I mean, you could buy dilators online, but there's nothing that really helps as much as a physical therapist that works with you. And then maybe some maybe a little bit of estrogen cream or hyaluronic acid or something that will help, but you have to play with it and figure it out. But I would say 70% of people can have painless intercourse if treated appropriately. Um, there's also something new that's coming out, which came out a couple of years ago called the Mona Lisa, which is a laser treatment. Yes. And, you know, boy, is that controversial, but... Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I have done a lot of it over the years, and I would say if done correctly, it really can help. So, um, but I sometimes I, if somebody's really, really, really having a rough time, and um, sometimes I'll do that in addition using some estrogen, then I need less, much less estrogen cream and much less physical therapy. They do much better with that in addition, but you sometimes need to combine it. It just depends on how bad the situation is. So there's, I mean, I could go on and on. I, uh, so for, <laughs> for pain with intercourse and specifically pain with penetration, that is absolutely like one of the most common complaints for my female patients in that age range of 70. And I mentioned this in the beginning, but whenever there are any kind of complaints of pain with intercourse or difficulty with orgasm, any kind of pelvic consideration surrounding sex, I'm always considering, okay, is there something medical going on, hormonal? Have they been followed up with their OBGYN? Is it actually musculoskeletal, which I would then do the assessment to check? And, or is there a psychological sociological component? Many times it's a mix of all of it. (laughs) So from a pelvic PT standpoint, after doing a thorough evaluation and assessing visually, and then doing the internal assessment just to feel for the musculature, feel is the, are the muscles tight? Are the patient, is the patient able to contract, relax, bear down? Do they have the neuromuscular control? And just checking around many times, if it ends up being muscular tightness, you know, we start with some manual work where I just guide them through with my hands so they can experience and know before I Uh, recommend that they do anything at home with dilators, how they're supposed to be relaxing the tissue, releasing the tissue, how they need to be breathing to facilitate some of that muscular uh, relaxation and lengthening. And so there's a lot that can be done that standpoint. And then it goes even further in terms of neuromuscular control, because Many times too, I'm seeing urinary incontinence um, in patients in this age group, not always, but many times. And so I'm often doing a combination of first down training where we're working to relax and lengthen the pelvic floor and just then go into the neuromuscular component of retraining. Okay. How do you contract the pelvic floor? How do you relax? How do you bear down if there's no medical contraindication for bearing down? And then just translating that into something functional with exercise. I mean, I, I see really amazing results when there's that trifecta of everything being considered, the medical being addressed, the musculoskeletal, and then the psychological, sociological. In regards to the psychological and sociological, do you refer often to like any sex therapist or psychotherapy? And how do you? I do, uh, depending on certain factors, if there's a problem with the couple, Mm -hmm. sometimes I can be very helpful if there's depression and Mm -hmm. reasons for lack of libido that are not really just lack of libido and age. Mm -hmm. But if it's sort of your typical pain within their intercourse at 70. I mean, I think that if we get rid of the pain, they don't necessarily need therapy. Right. But you know, they're quite happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, I do use some, some psychotherapy. I have people that I refer to that are wonderful. And there's a group therapy over at uh, certain hospitals that I work with them. And while you being one of them, they really are very helpful, but they really need an older age group, mm-hmm. and which mm-hmm. we don't have yet, as far as I know. For those women who don't want to go through all of this and or who really feel that are unsuccessful or feel that they have too many medical problems to try estrogen and they just want to have some fun, you know, a lot of couples just give up on penetration. They just, it's just either too difficult, can be too difficult for the man also. 
that can be a lot of fun also and not necessarily a failure, being a failure. Right. Um, right. So there's a lot of people that actually do that and really enjoy themselves. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, have penetration to be satisfied. So right. Um, leads into the area of orgasm, which for some women can be a big problem. Those women, uh, you know, there's actually some, I often have them put a little bit of estrogen or testosterone on their um, clitoris, which helps a lot because it could just be dryness and atrophy. But there's also a bunch of things called O-creams, which uh, some of them actually contain a little Viagra and it does help Mm -hmm. with uh, intercourse. Women don't Viagra is really not a drug for women because it's more about erection, right. but sometimes that's part of the problem with an orgasm. So some of the dr- O-creams actually have that in there and it does help a lot with orgasms. So that's kind of pretty correctable. And then there's the O-shots. I have not had, nor, nor do I do them, but there are some people in the Bolvar field that are doing them that say they work. I'm not really sure about that. I don't have enough information on it, but if it does, great, anything that works. Right, right. So Amazing. Yeah, I think you touched on some a few things uh, that are extremely important in regards to sexuality and intimacy, and it doesn't have to necessarily be penetrative sex for it to be an intimate sexual experience. There's many other things that you can do that can be satisfying as well. Well, the same goes for men. I think men don't always um, are not always successful at intercourse, whereas they're successful at foreplay. Mm-hmm. Do- better. Mm-hmm. So those things should be kept in mind, but they have to have, for some women, they have to have an open mind because they're so used to having intercourse and yeah. being happy with that. So, right, right. Absolutely. It's a new world after 70, maybe <laughs> even after 60. <laughs> so. so I know too, cause you had mentioned the O shots. There are even, I'm definitely not an expert in this, but I'm just bringing it up. There are some physiatrists who are offering different kinds of injections. I think O shots as well, but also injections. Mm-hmm injections possibly for men to assist with erections. I don't know. I can't speak about the evidence surrounding it, but I know that there are physiatrists that are offering those kinds of um, services as well. And then in regards to the men, because we've been focusing on um, women and, and female identifying individuals, from my experience, when men are coming in for pelvic floor physical therapy, it's either from a referral from a urologist or many times gastroenterologists too. So I quite honestly don't know, besides the primary care and then the other specialties that I just mentioned, the conversation is being held for the male patients as well. Besides with, if they are in a heterosexual relationship, besides with their partner. So um, that's something I'm going to definitely research myself so I can better help all my patients and get more resources for them. So how do you think we can influence the change in the stigma of sex after 70? Um, How else can we raise awareness and just help these patients? Obviously, I believe that this podcast is is serving a purpose. What's your vision for helping to change that stigma? Just to let people know that if they want to, it's possible not to give up. And if you don't want to, that's okay too, you know, whatever. But not to just say, oh, well, it's over mm-hmm. when it can be a kind of a pretty fun experience to work on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think we need more practitioners who, who are aware, who ask about it and who can gently guide people into doing things that might make their life more pleasurable, more mm-hmm. and more fun. I think that'll all help to improve the quality of their sexual and intimate experience if they, if they so choose. Any final remarks before we close up our conversation? Don't give up.
<laughs> don't give up possible and it can be um really enhance a relationship could be a very good relationship and a long-term one but may even be better and just you just need to get some help that's all yes and there are many options that we just mentioned for help Thank you so much, Dr. Harris, for joining me to have this important conversation. I know it's going to really enlighten and help other individuals who have been wanting more information about this. So thank you so much. And thank you everyone for tuning in to listen. Please spread the word about this conversation, Sex After 70, and about all these other options that we just mentioned. Join me next time for another informational conversation. Take care.